Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Modern Day Debate. I was glad to see you're here. My name is Ryan. I'm your host tonight. We are going to be debating are men ignored by society compared to women. So we're late, so we're going to get right into it. Hake, the floor is all yours. To meet all of you guys, in some cases, again. Shout out to the what I call the snake pit, the chat. Uh, the question is, are men ignored by or ignored in society compared with women? And I say yes, obviously. I think everybody knows this. Um, we have a woman-run or woman-catered society where women are propped up in every way that you can think of. They're catered to when they make accusations against men. They're catered to when they want to... Uh, throw the man, throw their marriage away. They're catered to when they want to take the man's children and um, do stuff that the uh, man doesn't want. In the case of abortion, in the case of the, the the trans madness that's going on right now, in the case of simple just child custody, we have quote unquote government male leadership. I know you guys, many of you might protest, but even those males are ignoring themselves as men and catering to the women and it and the women are not happy for it and neither of the men and the the boys and girls are a mess for that reason so yes men are being ignored by themselves and by women and uh it's sort of the men's fault but it's a fact they are being ignored that's my take all right. Well, you still got 10 minutes there. So, Jen, the floor is all yours. All right. Hi, I'm Jen. Nice to see you. Thanks for being here, everyone. Looking forward to the debate. I'm just going to screen share my PowerPoint presentation. Just really quickly, how much time do I have? I uh, Yeah, so, I mean, Hake really only took like a minute and 30. So, I mean, if you want to take a full 10 minutes from here, the floor is all yours. Great. Well, uh, let it never be said that I didn't enjoy a challenge. Today's debate topic is are men ignored by society? I'll be taking the positive. Who am I? Well, I'm Jen Shar. For those of you who haven't met me before, I'm interested in a lot of the topics on the channel, in particular of a background in physics and math. Also worked in a male-dominated field, audio and video analysis. Nowadays, I do a lot of talks about various philosophical topics, especially metaphysics. I'm female, but I have some experience with how society treats men because I've spent a lot of time in male spaces and because I espouse traditionally male virtues. I get called sir a lot, IRL, not sure if that uh, counts for anything, but I accept that you may not agree that I am the right person for this debate. I nevertheless hope you will 
enjoy the contribution that I have to make and that that overall contribution will be both nuanced and educational. Does society ignore men? I'm gonna to attempt to demonstrate that men are ignored by society by demonstrating that modern Western society preferences traditionally female values over their male counterparts. My argument basically breaks down as follows. A society ignores men if it diminishes traditional male values. Another premise of my argument is that state religion modifies aggregate behaviors through belief modification and legal enforcement. Moreover, behaviors modified in accordance with the values elevated not by the content of the religion, but by the meta-narrative. The biblical meta-narrative elevates female values and all things held equal. This is going to lead to a diminishment in male values, which will lead to a subsequent ignoring of men. So obviously I understand that so this is a difficult argument to make because you're talking about a lot of abstract categoricals. So as such, I don't think it's really possible to isolate values shared by all men or women for that matter. So we're talking about a fuzzy boundary situation. However, the average difference in values can be inferred by comparing aggregate behavior. So aggregate behavior is going to tell us about tendencies that are not necessarily espoused by any member of the category, but espoused by the category on average. So let's talk a little bit about what types of aggregate behavior we can notice between men and women in the recent past, AKA 2000 years, Western society. Men prefer stories about machine. The women prefer stories about people. Women prefer to follow rules. Uh, men prefer to make rules. Men prefer competition over safety. Women prefer safety over competition. Now, in particular, I want to look at what are traditionally considered male and female values. Based on aggregate behavior, I infer the following traditional male values, leadership, principle, duty, and hierarchy with their female counterparts, consensus, presentation, obedience, and equality. So now we wanna look at the religious influence that's gonna ultimately lead to men being ignored. Believers are influenced not necessarily by the content of scripture, but more so by the narratives like, oh boy, God's super powerful. Maybe God's gonna come and get me. Ah, I'm scared. You're not plucking that out of any particular verse necessarily. It's just an overall kind of vibe that the document is imbuing and as such the behavior of believers modified in accordance with the values elevated by the meta narrative of the state religion so we want to have a look at this influence in europe prior to the bible religious values were more aligned with male values bible elevates female values thusly stories about people repeatedly punished by a father figure god who is obsessed with them obedience to the law is often touted as the highest virtue. The importance of consensus of sages is highlighted, uh, including the Nicene Creed, historically. We also have a display of garish social rituals with no scriptural basis whatsoever. So what is the overall social effect of the elevation of these preferences? Well, the biblical elevation of specific female preferences causes female preferences to be elevated in general. 
And one specific female preference that we can point to on aggregate that is present in an empirical sense is a higher general disgust response. So this is something you can easily Google. I don't have links ready for you, but you can look it up. It's, it's very well documented that women on aggregate have a higher disgust response than men. So now we want to pull all these things together for the overall argument. The state embodies these theological values. In particular, we're talking about female values elevated by the Bible. These values trickle down to individual behavior, both through law enforcement and social narratives. There's a tendency to ignore things one finds disgusting. Women find men more disgusting than men find women on average. Due to biblical influence, heightened disgust aversion is a female value. We can expect the state to embody. Therefore, it follows that the state will embody disgust towards men and as such be more inclined to ignore them. The state level ignoring of men trick trickles down to individual behavior through law enforcement and social narratives. And there's a lot of other things that I could talk about, but I don't have all the time in the world. And I am coming to the end of my presentation, so I don't think I'll make the full 10 minutes, but thanks for the opportunity. And I hope we can go into these other attributes that establish that men are ignored and even possibly abused by society more than women in the open conversation. Thank you so much for your attention and I'll hand it over to the moderator. Thanks, Ryan. A one. All right. Let's get back over to our debate screen, everybody. And uh, just a quick reminder, everyone, in case you haven't heard and you can't read the little thing that's next to me here, uh, DebateCon 4 is coming up and tickets are available right now in the link in the description. Uh, so we're going to actually be doing a two-day event. Uh, so that's going to be on, uh, what, November 4th and the 5th. Uh, so if you grab the tickets now, uh, you know, and, and you can be in the area, that'd be awesome. Love to meet you guys. Uh, and if you can't make it, we do have a crowdfund as well. Uh, and you can get perks uh, when you donate to the crowdfund, uh, such as a signed picture uh, from your favorite debater. Uh, or you can even have a private one-on-one -on -one with James and uh, ask him why he lets me talk so much. So we're going to kick it into an open, dis oh, not open discussion, sorry. We're going to uh, do the introductory for uh, uh, for Ozian uh, here, who said he's only got three minutes about that he wants to expound on. And uh, <laughs> came here last minute. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, you make a great Ashley. So the floor is all yours, Ozian. Thank you, Ryan. So thank you, Modern Day Debate. So I think I have a lot of experience being a man, 50 years of it so far to date, spent some time in the Navy, um, and I spent a lot of time actually contemplating women in the Navy and the workforce in general, and the perception our society has towards women. And I think there is a lot of systemic sexism built into our culture that doesn't allow women to get as large of voices as men do, that doesn't mean there aren't exceptions, but we always notice the exceptions. Like, you know, I'd be interesting to ask people like on the street, um, who the first female vice president was in the US? Kamala Harris, today, right? So it's not like women are running the government and I know James Hake brought that up in his opening. Um, so we always point to the women um, they do have some roles in the government. Their roles are growing um, in the government, especially in the United States, which I think is a positive thing in many ways. Uh, to me, I just want the person that's most qualified to do the job, whether they're a man or a woman. Um, if you look across the globe today, I believe there's only four or five 
matriarchal societies and they're all small. So they're like most, they're not necessarily tribal and it's not necessarily the government's run where it's female centric, but like the social network may be more matriarchal than the government, but there are a couple of them in the world. So it's, it's a very um, minority position in the world with women in power. Um, you may not know this, the top paid actor in, I think it was 2022 or so far in 2023 is Woody Harrelson. It's not a woman. The man gets the most FaceTime, makes the most money. I didn't know that. Thought it was pretty interesting. Um, what was it also? Like you look at the top sp paid sports athletes, they're all men. Now, people will point to like women's soccer and you can look at stuff about that, but they have different pay structures. So maybe in some sports there's some parity at the um, average level. But if you look at the top paid athletes they're all men they're not women um maybe in art and performance you get some um differences there and look at this debate right here right so there's five people on screen one of them's a woman so um was it 80 percent of the voices you're going to hear tonight are from men our voices are being heard um if anything they may be overrepresentative of the culture and our spaces. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, and we'll talk about their other arguments during the open discussion. All right. Well, thank you for your opening there, Ozian, and coming in here last minute. Uh, so you still got nine minutes there, Radical. So the floor is all yours. All right. Uh, I'm taking a slightly different approach, so bear with me. Um, stop me if you've heard this one before. In the last 100 years, and arguably for much longer, the feminist movement has made massive strides, strides towards recognizing the autonomy of women. This exists, of course, in reaction to forces that legally and culturally establish them as second-class citizens. Blah, blah, blah. You all know this. All of us do. An unfortunate side effect of this movement from many angles uh, is this battle of the sexes dynamic. Uh, many feminists, or at least self-proclaimed feminists, will make broad sweeping generalizations about the nature of men and particularly their relationship to the women around them. This, of course, goes both ways. Men frequently make similar, similarly broad claims about women. I'll even acknowledge that these generalizations about women tend to be considered more socially taboo. While there may be understandable historical reasons for this, it doesn't change that many men feel frustrated by this double standard. For every issue that our opposition tonight has brought up or may bring up, that primarily hinders men, uh, surely our side could come up with a similar example that primarily hinders women. I propose a better way forward. The narrative has long been perpetuated the idea of gender-based competition, and this overshadows the nuanced experiences and challenges that individuals of all genders face. Instead of framing this debate as a binary comparison, we should strive for a more inclusive and constructive conversation that recognizes the multifaceted nature of gender dynamics. By doing so, we can explore how society addresses the unique concerns of both men and women and our non-binary friends, while also acknowledging intersectional complexities that affect us all. Our aim need not to be uh, need not be to rank who faces more neglect in some sort of oppression Olympics, but to collectively mo move towards a society that appreciates and supports everyone regardless of their gender. 
Alrighty. Seems like we've wrapped up right there. So uh, just quick shout out uh, to everybody that's in the live chat right now. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, hit the like. We've got lots of awesome deba debates coming up. And also, if you like what you're hearing from any, any of our speakers here tonight, they are going to be linked in the description. So find them there, including on our podcasts, because all of our debates will be available through podcast forums uh, within 24 hours of us hosting them. So without further ado, let's get into our open discussion, everybody. Uh, let's kick it back over to the other side to open us up. So, hey, Jen, the floor is yours. I appreciate that. Um, I wanted to address a couple of things that uh, Ozian and that Ryan mentioned. Um, first, I guess I would say the obvious that with men being more uh, better paid in sports and in um, acting and all those things, I would suggest that it's kind of obvious why they're just more athletic, more naturally, I guess, compelling in, uh, I guess, in the acting world. And um, so, and they're naturally better. They're naturally, it's just falls naturally to them to be leaders as, um, as Jen mentioned, Jen Scharf mentioned that part of the men's values is leadership rather than building this con consensus thing. I take I your concession. I, I think you are pointing out the fact that men are valued, whatever those reasons are, they are valued more in sports. They are valued more in executive positions in corporations. Um, entertainment, maybe there's some more parity there. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the overall numbers, but I think men, especially at the high end, lead predominantly in those roles. So their voices are loud and heard. So I think you sort of concede the point that men are not... Um, disvalued they're not ignored in our society when you take those men who who are on those high echelons though like the uh the hollywood entertainers and this pro athletes those men you'll notice that they take woman catering positions they cater to feminism they um cater to their mothers and all that stuff we have a whole culture whether the men are on top or not that pushes the mother as God and not the father. So well, to, even those men are think like women. Well, to the, the feminism point there, I think a, a core thing about feminism, besides uh, seeking, auto you know, maximum autonomy for women as uh, for it to be equal, right, uh, is also this uh, pushback against the system of patriarchy, uh, which I think most feminists uh, it, who aren't talking about these things at a very surface level tend to acknowledge that the majority of men do not benefit from patriarchy. Uh, they are also hurt in different ways, mind you, from women, which is uh, just brings it back to uh, like the way I would approach this stuff is we look at an issue and then we can look at how that issue might affect men and how that might differ from how it affects women um, rather than saying this is an issue that affects men and this is an issue that affects women. Um, I think there are uh, dynamics here that are interconnected and as they should be because we live in a, a society with lots of men and women and I certainly enjoy living in a society with lots of women I want to be able to collaborate with them um, and I, I think that's the best way forward in that. I think what's going on um, is that you guys are looking at this question from a feminist equality perspective. Equality is not the is not reality. It's not a real value. Um, it should be the neutral should be what's natural. It's natural for men to lead. It's unnatural. So when you stray away from patriarchy, as you call it, from men leading, you are straying, you are ignoring men. 
you are ignoring the reality that men being men is the best for men and the best for women, um, regardless of that people are hurt and and suffering injustice, no matter what system you set up, there's always going to be evil in the world. Yeah, but I, I'm not looking for equal outcomes for men or women. I think you can look at unequal outcomes and maybe it can highlight some systemic problems with society. But when I like argue for say equal um, rights or something for men and women, I'm talking more about egalitarian where we're looking at the capabilities of the person for how well they can fulfill whatever role that is. But I think we could look at what type of roles our society values more than other to, um, um, and I don't, like you're calling them, like people, somebody was calling them male and female roles, or I think there may be some typical ideas with what we well, think what that kind is. of roles do you think our society values? I mean, do you think that's a well-defined thing? Um, I think if you look at, say, like, let's take incomes and stuff like that. We value doctors, engineers, and lawyers, right? And besides lawyers, um, I think they have more parity be between men and women. But you look at engineers and doctors are pre predominantly men. And there's nothing about engineering except for people's desires that a woman couldn't be as competitive as an engineer or as a doctor as a man could except for their own personal values. That may be part of our culture that we're teaching our daughters. Maybe there's some biological component. I'm not entirely sure, but we pay those people more. So I think those are what we value more. And they just happen to be predominantly men. I'm not saying it's necessarily um, um, sexist. Just Are because we valuing them more. on the basis of them making a lot of money? Um. I think one way we can show how we value people is based upon how we compensate them as part of the, our society, um, how we promote their ideas as part of their society. So like we got a public forum right so here. So valuing people with wealth is a feminine value. Equating wealth uh, and value is a feminine trait. Equating skill and value is a male trait. Um, I reject that. So wealth accumulation has always been a male predominant Power thing, accumulation is a male trait. Which includes wealth is a mere wealth. display of that power. Yes. Right. Wealth for its own sake is so a female the, attribute. Um, who's I'm not sure who's doing that. Um, who's working in these fields, who's just being trying to be wealthy. I'm just for their I'm just sake. make I'm making sort of generalizations. I'm just trying to get yeah. to the, the heart of the issue, which is whether right. men are less appreciated than yeah. women. Well, I guess and but then, if we go I think that go ahead Sorry. yeah I, I guess if we go by the the framing you have of uh that that like feminine values or or at least perceive or things that we might uh, conceive of as feminine values are more val are, are have a heavier hand in society or more valued in society um i don't know if that necessarily then follows that women are like more or less ignored than men or that men are more ignored than women like i don't know if that necessarily leads if one leads to the other right you need to bridge those two with the notion that the state is in some way redistributing uh, wealth in accordance with the preferences of the people who are in, in power of it which i don't think is an unreasonable supposition but you're free to reject it well, I, I guess what I what I mean is that just because the values are feminine, even if it like are, are considered feminine, 
um, and the wealth is distributed along those like throughout through using those values to decide where it gets distributed. That still doesn't mean that like women are are the primary determiners of where that wealth goes. Right. It's just it's just kind of an assigning a feminine energy to this value. That's right. And then and then having it. And I didn't think down. that I could do it relative to people because people are just too there's too much variety within individuals. That's why I think it's such an interesting True. debate topic, because mm -hmm. it, you do have to take a nuanced stance just to even have a sensical position in the first place. One hundred percent agreed. I think uh, you can look at psychological analysis of um, the sexes, right, males and females. And you can see like women, I believe, are higher in agreeableness and conscientiousness and stuff like that, where men are less so. Um, so they're going to have different values as a set of, of men or, or women than, than the other would. So, and that could have different outcomes um, in society, um, but that's fine. But we aren't really talking about income. We're not really talking about wealth as you as you i think you guys have rightly pointed out we're talking about are there i think is are they being heard are there are the values being promoted um and i don't see like like i live in the united states i think everybody here does actually um but i i don't see that in the united states i think you could say okay so we have welfareism um in the united states and i think that's a what we use to address issues with um um problems with families or people out of income or uh, a job momentarily and we have like disability insurance and stuff like that to take care of those type of people in society you could say well that's high in empathy or something like that so that's a female value but even men share those values maybe it's at a lower rate overall and it's men that are in power that enacted those programs they weren't enacted it was like maybe that is the male answer to the problem we don't even know what the female answer to the problem would be because we've never really attempted that i don't think that that's a, really a fair assessment because ever since women have been voting the um the welfare state has expanded greatly because they've been voting in these female-minded liberal males and pro so-called progressives into power to to push this thing and so i think that it's i think we kind of know that it's that it is a, a woman thing a mama spirit thing to be babying these people and enabling them too much too much but anyway um i don't yeah, i don't know maybe if, i don't know if just uh like the fact that women are also voting because we still need like a, a lot of men also vote in accordance with that right a lot of men also yes. still are, are holding these values right enough men that uh we can still like i mean i i don't think that i i, do, I guess hey would you would you are, are you against women voting? I don't know if that's if you're that, that extreme. I know you have some pretty extreme takes, but um, I don't know if that's one of them. Uh, like, is that is that like maybe a root of a lot of these problems is women having the right to vote from your it's, perspective? It's not a root. It's a symptom, really. It's a symptom. of I, I am against it. Ideally, like we wouldn't have done it, but it's here. It's what it is. Um, I guess uh, we. it is women. Right, women are much more. Uh, liberal than men. Men are much more conservative than than women, or pretty significant anyway. Um, so yeah, with, the, women have been. I think it's kind of established fact that women have been instrumental in electing pretty much every, um, maybe even key in pro electing every progressive candidate in the last hundred years. Who was uh, like 
So Ronald Reagan is um, touted as one of the most conservative presidents that we've ever had in the United States. And one thing he famously did during his first term was greatly expand the um, food stamp program. Mm-hmm. They called it food stamps at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think they call it something else now. So, And um, he also did amnesty for illegal immigrants. So the that most was... conservative president right. did those things. So yeah, are those... Is... Trump is very pro woman too, more so than than maybe I am. But uh, he was his arm was kind of twisted on the on the amnesty thing. I think he regretted it later. He did it in exchange for closing the border. And but you're right, he he caved. You know his his second wife Nancy was kind of I don't know. She may have had more influence on him than he uh, than he should have allowed. And well, even- yeah, I'm not for that food stamps thing necessarily. Um, even George Bush promoted amnesty, even though people oh. want to ignore that. So, yeah, Bush, but Bush he probably wouldn't consider him too conservative. Probably right. Yeah, he's a mama. <laughs> uh, One statistic that might tell us uh, something about what we're interested in is the percent breakdown between men and women of uh, welfare recipients. Yeah, yeah. I did a bit. I looked into it a bit. I don't know that those statistics are public, so we might be left to sort of guess but i think that would be an interesting place to start just to see to validate the thesis that uh, the government is preferencing the values of women over men well it's not just the government it's society in general but you're right the government well it might it might the data might show i i I suspect uh, just that again i i don't know either but i I would guess that women are on average receiving welfare at, at higher rates um, than men, um, but we could we could we could look at that alone, and then we could say, oh well, so see, w- women are being valued here. Um, but I think what that speaks to is like a bigger problem where women are in a position where they need welfare more often than men do, uh, which which is then kind of flips, it, which is kind of what I what I was getting at initially is that like any any of these issues that we could look at, we could then kind of tilt like squint our eyes or tilt around it and look at it from a slightly different perspective and see like the way that it also is hurting women uh or is is primarily affecting women from this different in a different way um but yeah it's, it's an interesting one for yeah. sure yeah to uh, go on that with say welfare say like we'll pretend like it's 100 percent of women are collecting welfare and maybe some of them are are in there because of poor life decisions, but we all make decisions, poor or good decisions. Some of them are outside of control and, and not within our control. But I feel an urge to take care of people. And I, I don't know if that's, um, I think that's a fatherly urge to have. I don't think it's necessarily a female urge to have. And part of that would be like to train my children to replace me in, in a job. But somebody else, like some woman, her the father left or whatever, whatever reasons happen there and the kids need help. So I feel like as a society, we should take care of those people that need that type of help. I don't think we should discriminate based on, on the sex or gender of the person that needs aid, but I don't see how welfare, because I think initially it was like the intent was, oh, we're going to take care of those women whose husbands left and their their babies and kids so they, they don't have to join the workforce because women should be home taking care of the children is sort of like the mindset people had you want to say oh, it's all women voted it in but i think sort of men had the same sort of mindset too maybe men wanted to remove the obligation they had and put it on this government to take care of the kids and the 
their ex-spouse instead of women. That's It, that's it was men who allowed thing. women to vote, wasn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah, men allowed women to vote. Yeah. It took... Yeah. Yeah. Because women With couldn't vote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, that, so I do partly blame the, the men for their now being ignored because the men allowed it to happen. They forsake, they forsook their role. JC Lee Peterson, I work with him. He has been around a long time, not too long, but he's talked with many younger black women who they would sneak their, sneak the father out of the house because then they would get the welfare. And uh, fatherless I, homes greatly expanded after that mama spirit. I, Thing. And I've seen those stories in my own personal life. I, yeah. And I've, and, but they're anecdotes, right? I don't, because we don't have good data overall, but um, yeah. But Jesse Lee Peterson's not ignored. Like his voice is heard. That's because he's a, he's a, an unignorable real man like Donald J. Trump, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> these, these men are living their lives just being themselves. You're right. Um, and those are, I, I would understand uh, society being anti-weak men and hating on only the weak men, but they're hate, they're, they reserve their biggest hatred, society does, for like the, the best examples of men, like like President Trump, like JLP, like Christ. I mean, they, they turn Christ into a, like a little girl, like a mama spirit, take care of everybody type of thing. That's not exactly what he was about. He loved everybody, but he didn't mama everybody. Well, to bring it back to the the welfare thing again, I think yeah. I, I might agree with you that like there are problems with the way that welfare is distributed, especially at the edges where like there can be uh, uh, inverse incentives like that, like, oh, if you make over this much, then you won't be have access to this anymore. Um, and I think that there are probably solutions to that that uh, avoid people like having to either lie about whether where their spouse is or have them you know not there or or whatever it is wh whatever might be forcing them to make a decision about their partner outside of their own personal preference of them um but i think again like the welfare one brings us back to this idea that it's it's not really a, a men or women issue at the end of the like welfare in particular is it's a class issue it, it comes down to poor people people who can't afford to eat and so we uh and, I, and you mentioned hating weak men uh, that people are perceived weak uh, often poor people are perceived to be weak or lazy and and i think that instead of instead of this perception of, of them being lazy or weak or pathetic or um or having just fucked up their lives um uh, we, we should give we should have empathy for these people and their struggles uh, just like we would like when we go through hard times you know um the uh, family has been broken up and ozian 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 alluded to um the government replacing the father the father the man used to be the provider the protector and um, the the one who would train the children in in the right way to go and train them to work from a young age, and you know the mother would do it at, until like age three, and then the boy would be the boy and girl would be able to handle themselves and work from a very young age. And now the government is taking over childcare, daycare, um, preschool, all of uh, school. They're trying to subsidize even college edu so-called education and so the government has replaced the father and the man and the women are looking for to, to the government for protection for uh social safety net and all that stuff when it used to be men taking care of things 
I think this is a common trope too. So like, we don't know like how many women were abandoned in the 1850s by men that decided they were going to go fight some war somewhere, go die or go across the country. Like how many women were widowed during the civil war and stuff like that. And we didn't have those type of safety nets relied, relied upon the community. We just, the government didn't fund the, the care, but then you also had, um, um, disproportionate care. Like if you were a, a young black woman with a, a child whose spouse went off and died in the civil war, they weren't going to be taken care of as well as a young white woman that, that died, uh, whose spouse died in a war, right? That's just the nature of the society that we had. So we do need some type of program that is going to create some type of um, unbiased playing field. And people will say, well, the social ostracization to create, create a community. So, well, by using um, charity, we can um, encourage people to have proper behavior and, and whatnot. But I don't think that works for those, those people that do need the help overall. So I don't think you can say that uh, welfare was to replace a man. I think it was just a problem of modernity, um, ease of travel, ease of people going away um, and stuff like that. So Wait, I don't think we know. So Ozzy, and you would take issue with the premise that men used to take more care of women. Um, yeah, I think men, well, it depends. Like if you're talking like farm and stuff like that, I think men spent most, and the women did too. Like it was, women used to get their hands dirty as much as men did in um, agricultural societies. Um, pre-industrial societies and so i think they took well, there care was of each coverture. other there was coverture so it sort of suggests that there was a ownership of women doesn't that imply oh, yeah. that they cared more about them uh if they were treated as property i i mean i, well, I if, guess if they meant so much to them that they had to put a dollar figure on them because they were so valuable i mean there's different ways you can kind of look at that but uh yeah doesn't that i mean if if something costs you a lot of money, doesn't that mean you care about it? Not well, I, necessarily. I, well, I mean, I I'm guess not it's... trying to promote slavery here. I'm just sure. trying to say, like, uh, I yeah, guess it, it's hard to have a debate if you're not understanding what you're looking at the same way. And to me, I would yeah. just take yeah. for granted that men used to have a more active role in caring for women. So I, and I, I understand this what emancipation you're... does allow for women to have more autonomy. And that may be a good thing and that it is state aided. But if there's an issue with that, I'm, I'm open to hearing it. Go ahead. I, I understand what you're saying about um the the, the obviously like the men who are like I, I care so much about you that like this is um that that your your property essentially and like um I think the the problem does kind of reappear in a lot of contexts where what the thing that's being valued is is not necessarily like that person as a person um uh and I think this this especially comes up a lot in like these red pill spaces about dating. Um, where a lot of guys, I think there's a, a, the fresh and fit guys will say this quote of, um, uh, men have to become women can just be. And what they're talking about is the fact that women are, are valued in the dating market simply for being women. But, but I think the, the, the frustration that a lot of women have with this is that this makes them very interchangeable. Like all they're being valued for by these men is that they have female parts, not that they are fully autonomous human beings who have their own interests and hobbies and passions and, and creativity and, and all of these things, the, their uniqueness is being stripped from them. So even though they're being perceived to be valued from the men who are, who are, who are framing it that way, um, the women certainly don't feel valued in, in the way that I think, I think they would like to. 
but that's that speaks to the traditions that they threw away. I mean, we didn't have no fault divorce before Reagan. We had you had to there had to be some sort of like a or something that so. happened. So we had people were expected to be loyal to one another and they weren't allowed to be it wasn't smiled upon to be having the sex out of wedlock and all that stuff in this sleep around culture. So people in reality, people do use one another and throw each other away, men and women. So uh, especially nowadays that now that we've thrown away morality. I think you're wrong about the no fault divorce. Maybe it, it, it became the law across the country, but I, I do believe there were states that have had no fault divorces for a, lo a lot longer than Reagan. Just maybe so, but but it's it's kind of undeniable that the marriages and families and fatherless homes have exploded as society's gotten more spoiled and catering to the women. And the and in the past, children used to go with the men in the rare case of divorce. Um, nowadays, children most of the time end up going with the woman. I do. I from the data I've seen, I I do believe it's the case that like most men who do actually fight for custody do act do win uh, those custody battles. Um, so I, I don't I don't know if that like because we do talk about the way that like the court is biased against men. I I do think there are uh, context where that's true. Um, but I think a, a lot of it in, in that way, like can even be, uh, could even be also again, be framed as like a feminist issue where like women are, are perceived to necessarily be this, um, like, like so much more nurturing. So even like a woman who is maybe like less fit, for, uh, might still, uh, be decided to get the child. But, um, that's, that's you, maybe a different conversation. Were you aware that they used to go with the men in the case of divorce? Um, no, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I want to like a little bit about that. So, and I think it has to do with our cultures um, surrounding this too. But if you look at courts, you're looking for um, the kids to be provided for financially and cared for physically. So in a lot of um, traditional marriages, I guess you wouldn't consider a divorce a traditional marriage anymore, <laughs> but uh in a lot of those, uh, the uh, more men work in higher paid jobs, because that's how society sort of structured. It maybe is changing in 2023 a little bit, hopefully. But so when men would be expected to pay child support and alimony for the woman because she was the caregiver. She was the one at home helping him pursue his career. So that's where alimony comes in. And they weren't even when they were awarded the uh, for cause like um, infidelity or something like that um, that that's how they split the, the the kids up and the assets up is based upon those concepts it wasn't about it um, somebody being a male and a uh, or a female and now I do think the judges and courts and the have some biases um, exactly. when they do make those rulings but the law doesn't have that bias yeah I mean effectively it 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 ends up that way. I think you you mentioned how, or Radical Coder Ryan mentioned that um, when men fight for custody, they win custody. They they don't win sole custody. They don't even win fifty percent custody. I I bet. I'm not speaking from from knowledge of the stats, but I happen to know anecdotally, which is reality for people, um, that when they win custody. They have to fight with the woman over over this stuff, and it gets real ugly. It should, 
if it's going to court, you've you've already lost. I mean, the family has already lost, you know. So it's a shame when it goes to court, honestly. Um, if we can I mean, move on, I would. I do want to get to the abortion issue um, briefly, not to argue about abortion, but to argue about uh, men's reproductive rights. When you guys are ready for that. Well, sure. If you want to move into that, we still have about, what, 22 minutes here of the open discussion, and then we're going to move into the Q&A. So uh, if you have questions for our speakers out there, everybody, get them in right now. Uh, so, Hake, hey, uh, I'll let you move uh, down the path you'd like to go there. Yeah. So they talk about women's rights and all this stuff, about how she has control over her own body with the case of abortion. And so... What about men's reproductive rights? What are they chopped liver? They it's their their son or daughter who is uh, getting offloaded as a burden by the mother, and there is no quote unquote equal reproductive rights. I get I get that the women suffer during the pregnancy, but what what about the whole rest of the life of the child, the man's child? Well, I, I guess for starters, I think the when we're determining like. Whether or not, oh, well, first of all, I mean, yeah, a lot of states you can't get an abortion right now think, because of the Supreme Court. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, it's it's the metric that we would use to decide whether or not someone has the right to to reproductive rights in this case is not whether or not it's it's like it's it's their spawn, right? Like if we if we could artificially impregnate a woman with somebody else, like uh, with eggs from another woman, and she was pregnant for nine months, I think we would still, well, th those of us who believe that she should have that right to abortion would still think that this woman would have that right. Um, so I don't think that like the, the metric of it being, it being my, comes from my, my, uh, loins is like the deciding factor in whether or not you get a decision it's really the fact that you're carrying it for nine months and that you deserve the autonomy to decide that hey like this is not for me i i you know there's whatever risks might be uh, i'm not willing to take for various reasons sometimes th those are more extreme than others um but i think that's that's more where that conversation is and and just i mean just based on the fact that men and women are fundamentally different we we don't have that as an issue for men so it's not it's not a, about equality there uh if it were about equality there maybe we should be uh steering science towards putting artificial wombs uh in men so that they could also carry it uh and if men are interested oh, in that i mean perhaps perhaps i, I i'm open to it but uh yeah. you you are an example of a man ignoring yourself as a man <laughs> radical coder ryan I disagree. <laughs> I think I, I no man would go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I think I under like so if I'm looking at this question, like so if if somebody chooses to I've had this happen to me before and I was sort of distraught about it. Yeah. Um uh, back in uh I think it was like twenty-three or twenty-four or whatever. Um she decided to get an abortion and um I was distraught. I mean I was upset. It was just like I was when um they had a miscarriage, but you know, I, I, we weren't married or anything like that, but, and I understood that I do think there is some imbalance, you know, over my 50 years when it comes to, um, like, so I, the problem to me stems from child support and the right to raise the child also. So you could say, okay, she has the right to terminate the pregnancy. I don't think that should be like a universal, right? Like, I think there should be some restrictions on that. I think most of the States that go with like, the 23 to 26 weeks for elective abortions is okay. Um, um, and then for medical necessity and stuff like that after the fact. Uh, 
But I also don't think it automatically makes you a parent just because you um, inseminated a woman. Like, just because she got pregnant, I don't think that automatically makes you a parent. Maybe there should be some sort of agreement between the two people of who's going to be the parents for the child. Two, three, four, five, six. I don't care how many parents they want to have um, to raise a child. And maybe they shouldn't necessarily always be the biological parents so i don't think you you automatically should have a right to a child just because you impregnate someone too but i also don't think it should be automatically mandated that you're going to pay child support for the rest of the child's life just because somebody got pregnant i do think there are issues and things to discuss about these that we don't fully want to discuss it seems to me we always just want to talk about the abortion issue Right. right. I'm, I'm not. I'm, and I don't want to get into that. I want to talk about keep it on topic of yeah. men being ignored. Wait, yeah, I guess a, I don't see thing. a conversation. I don't see how the abortion conversation doesn't end in arguing in favor of having to contractually sign off every time you have sex. So I was wondering if I could maybe pivot the discussion to an argument that my streaming partner put to me last night. Now, I wasn't actually sure if I'd agreed with it. So I was going to put it to you and see what you said. Women are, um, well, men are ignored by society because women have the option to shack up with a provider and basically get taken care of. Men choose to, to provide for them. So yeah, and a lot of men advocate for that to be the standard dynamic. Like that, people, a lot of men expect that to be the way things are. And a lot of women do as well, for sure. Sorry, I, I think I could. So when, women are getting no, the benefit, but men are consenting to the benefit so they're also benefiting is that is that the response kind of i think so they find value in providing for a woman that's shocking up with them whatever mm -hmm. that value is um and so they're both benefiting i i mean relationships are complicated anyways it's not all about finances it's not all about sex it's not all about having kids it's um, they're multifaceted and I think, you know, even the healthiest marriages and stuff are not all just about one thing. Do you attribute the collapse of marriage rates at all to ignoring of men or is that, you see that as more of a affecting both men and women, you know, pan? I think it's because we've been, I think we've empowered women socially. Maybe, maybe we've gone too far. I, I'm not sure, um, what the numbers are, but, um, I think we've empowered women to get jobs, get careers, get educated. I think women have higher college graduation rates right now, which is a good thing for women. In that regard, bad thing for men, something that we need to look about our, our society, why less men are getting college educations than women. And what if we should change that, what we can do to change those type of trends. So women are more empowered to go live on their own, raise their own kids and get divorces and stuff like that. Do you um, think that uh, marriage is an institution that predominantly benefits men over women? And this is open to either of you. Uh, I, I've been married. <laughs> um, I Chuckles nervously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how much of my personal life I want to get into. But anyways, I have three it's kids. It's okay. Honestly, They're all I, don't adults. Have the, I don't have the answer. So I'm just yeah. open to whatever input everyone has. Um, my my boys um, lived with me in their teen years. Um, so I was like a single dad taking care of my boys uh, for several years. 
Um, I don't know if marriage benefits it, it. To me, it felt like something you were supposed to do as part of society is to get married and, and have kids. And I don't think now I, I do understand for society to function, we need to take care of kids. We need to have babies, and take care of babies. And, um, and we need what, like two point something children per 2. couple, 2.2 2 or something to maintain um, population rates. Um, and I don't think we need to, I don't think we're that close to any type of carrying capacity, especially in the United States. So, but if we can maintain the current population, I think that would be good. Um, so we should try to do that. I think the, unless radical coder wants to talk, I think yeah, I, I'm kind of indifferent to the, the, that I, I think it's an interesting question. I don't, I don't have a strong take either way. So yeah, go ahead. I think that marriage has collapsed because uh, society has been turned upside down where women are worshipped by men and women so easily listen to snakes in both uh, in their imaginations and in, um, you know, broader society politics and all that stuff and even one another and their families and stuff. And so um, they're the ones who are initiating most of the divorces I've heard, 80% or something like that. And a lot of people are nowadays are not even getting married. It's not even relevant to many millennials and younger. Um, and that's They're still young. <laughs> and uh, Gen Xers and others. So there's, did you know that men did not use to kneel to women to in order to marry them? And men didn't used to wear the uh, wedding ring. Men are, have become grovelers to, to women. And we didn't even, some of us didn't even know it. My understanding of the diamond ring thing wasn't isn't that like a like the the diamond industry basically gold, gold kind of implanted that society or that maybe. Into society? I'm talking about men um, wearing the gold but band. Sure. Oh, the gold band. It was okay. entirely a capitalistic endeavor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, there there is some root in that in like um um was it like the head of the well you look at monarchies and stuff like that their signet rings so they did have it's like a also a status symbol symbol so you could look at some carryover maybe socially through history where that was why it was a selling point for men because they could be the man of their own castle and sort of the u.s in, in a lot of ways we viewed our homes as well as common law doctrine from the uk we viewed our homes as our castles and the men were the kings of their castles so maybe there's something to do with that too i i, I you know what i have a cell phone too and i have a microphone i have a headset so things do change the clothes we we weren't wearing t-shirts like I this know, but we weren't kneeling. we were in a suit talk about kneeling to the woman to ask oh. her to marry you in we the 70s in the set if this was the 70s you would be wearing a suit right now uh, yeah i acknowledge the downcline i'm i'm part of the decline of society i get it <laughs> I don't if that's I a decline it's just a change it's like you <laughs> true I might agree with you, Hake, about like uh, the the maybe some level of the absurdity of uh, a, lo a lot of the traditions around marriage. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it, I, I've seen friends of mine uh, get married and, and have the opposite proposal, like the woman proposes to the man, like kneels Ooh. down before him. I, I, I think I think it's uh, it's it's good that we've like opened the door for these for these uh, dynamics to exist in, in different ways. Um, to, to bring it back to the the divorce point, though, um, I, I think it, it, it does make sense that like women would, would be more likely to to end the marriage, I think, because as we've as women have gotten the ability to 
earn a living for themselves more. They they don't have to be as dependent on that man. Um, and they don't have to be in a, in a relationship that they don't want to be in for the sake of uh, exist for the sake of surviving. Right. Um, so even even with the doors to uh, no even with no fault divorce, which I think is a, a great thing, um, even just with that, it wasn't it wasn't really enough for many women to get out of their relationships and many men to get out of their relationships. Um, and so I, I, I want want circle back one more time to the um, actually, no, I'll leave it there. Yeah, I think that um, when men and women adhered to their natural roles better, they were both happier. They were both maybe not happier, but more at peace. And they were also busy. Life was tougher back in the day. You grant you mentioned that Certainly. everybody's better off right now and so we're all like spoiled and we can be more immoral live longer wronger but modern uh, medicine yeah yeah big time and agriculture yeah um i lost my thought i, I lost Sorry. it i don't know <laughs> uh so i mean society we've we've advanced our technology so you can and you can look like the advent, I think, is the smallpox vaccine that the life expectancy before that was something like uh, in Africa, it was like 25 years. In Europe, it was like 35 years, wow. the average life expectancy of a human being from birth. Now it's in the 70s, um, late 60s, 70s to the to young 80s in some countries, average life expectancy yeah. from birth. If you're 65, I think you're expected to live to be almost 90. Like, so like life expectancies have increased and society does have to change for those type of changes. So many people that are going to live this much longer. We end up raising retirement ages because we realize we can't take care of all these people anymore because they're, they're going to live be older. So there are going to be some structural changes to society. And to me, that's not a bad thing. We have 8 billion people almost now. And, um, and on your side, most of them are still believing in God. So most people that get divorced believe in a God too. It's not like, like you keep, you sort of mentioned like traditional national families. Like right. to me, everybody's natural. Anything we do is natural. Nothing we do could ever be unnatural by definition to try to see that natural, um, something being natural is a good thing. is sort of a fallacy too. No, you can't man. see yeah, just because it's, it's natural is good. I don't think it's immediately clear that whether men or women are the uh, net beneficiaries of marriage, that may not even be a well-defined thing, but I hope we can look at the question with all these subtle angles that are relevant to resolving it with a positive outcome. I, I think we know For like sure. communities can work together. So you look at like, um, so we have stereotypes about Asian families, right? In the United States where they work together as a family unit, generational unit, to take care of their and they push their children to be more successful um than they were maybe right so you look at this stuff like that and it seems like that sort of and i'm not a socialist so don't accuse me of that hate but anyways yeah. um but there is some benefit to having like um social cohesion um to take care of our friends our family our children and stuff like that and and that's important and marriage does provide that it does provide like a marriage of two um social units together um that's sort of what it was traditionally and i don't think it's as much that way anymore uh and i don't know if that's good or bad it just seems to be the way society may be going before did you guys concede that women 
that men are ignored in the abortion question? Their their say um, they get no say. Men uh, well, not rarely do they get any. So say. Currently, they do right because they a lot of no states. Say, huh? uh, I mean, I mean, a lot of states you you can't get an no, abortion. No, I'm talking so. about I'm talking about in a, a father and a mother. The father gets no say. Never mind yeah. the never mind the uh, abortion. His decision government. is not the determining factor. Yeah. Say again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we'd agree. Yeah. Well, it's a doctor that's willing to perform the abortion, which may mm -hmm. be a man or a woman, and it's the True. mother. So you are correct that the the way the laws are currently structured, the the father has no say, as far as I know, anywhere in the country when it comes to abortion. And I don't think it's really. I mean, I understand, like if. Like I would want, if I was a woman, um, I don't know what that'd be like, but if I was, um, if I was to get wanted an abortion and I cared at all about the person that I um, got impregnated by, it would be a discussion I would have with them because I cared about them. Yeah. Now, when it came boiled down to it, it would still be my decision of whether I aborted the child or not. But I, I would have to understand that that would have repercussions with my relationship with this other person I cared about. So I, I think most people do approach abortions like that. I don't think a high percentage of people are just going to get, unless it's like a one night stand or something like that. Like if they're in a relationship and the relationship is healthy, they're going to discuss it with their spouse. But in the end, it is their choice. And I don't know if that's, to me, that's not a bad thing. It is, it does deal with bodily autonomy. Um, I am generally sort of pro-life, but I don't think the government should be involved. And so legally, I would be for um, pro-choice up to um, viability, fetal viability. There are many men. Uh, JLP, I mentioned before, is a counselor, and he's talked with many men, and it sounded like you too, who wish that they're, that the mother of their child did not abort the kid, did not want that to happen. Um, I have an anecdote there. My own personal experience, my anecdotes um, are reality. They are. They are yeah. data points. It's just not data. Uh -huh. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, my first wife, she um, had an I didn't find out until we were married, I think until after we had our first son, that she had had an abortion when she was 17 years old. And her parents sort of encouraged her to do it. I'm talking shit about people. Um, and they said that it was good she did because she wouldn't never, because I wouldn't have accepted her because she had had a child out of wedlock or something like that. I was like, no, I would have accepted her if I cared about. Now, maybe, now you don't, you can't rewrite the past. You can't yeah. rewrite history. But just based on the situation, now if I know what I knew now, I would never got with her. But I don't know that. <laughs> but uh uh, I love my kids, so hey. <laughs> um, yeah. What was I going to say? Um, I would not have abandoned her just because she had a child that would, and I would have taken care of the child like it, like a father, you know. I think so one of want their real parents, though. And ideally, ideally they'll have them, but obviously there's some situations where that's not the best fit. But um, I think one of the reasons that it, the abortion thing came up is because we were comparing kind of, or how I often hear it brought up, and I think what you might have been getting at earlier, um, is this the relationship between like the woman having the right to choose not to have a child and the men not having that right when it comes to like child support payments, right? Um, I wasn't bringing up that point. I was just bringing up the fact of okay. men not even being able to have their child be born. 
Sure. Well, if I can speak to but go ahead. what go I just brought up for that. a second, because it, it is a common point in uh, in in favor of your side, right? Yeah. Um, I I do think that uh, ideally uh, men should be able to. I, I think I don't like the way that these the people advocating for this phrase it. They call it like a financial abortion. I I, I don't like that name for what we're talking about. Um, but if men, I, I think it would be. In a, in a better world um, that men could say, hey, I don't want any part in this child's life and I'm going to not be child support like and remove themselves and they no longer have a right to see that child. Um, but I, I think the problem then becomes, OK, we need, still need to make sure this child gets taken care of. And, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of the same uh, people that I hear talk about this, they're also people talking about uh, removing welfare and programs that would support that child rather than increasing access to those things. Uh, I think it's a frustration I have when I hear this topic come up. Yeah, I don't like the idea of a of a. Uh, most men want to be in their child's lives. I I get that there's some that that may be so out of it that they don't, um. But that's crazy. Yeah, I, but I don't think that we should be doing the child support because the it's so corrupt. The women spend it on themselves and not on taking care of the children. They take care of themselves. Um, that's a shame. What do you guys think about the Me Too movement? That's another catering to women and ignoring the men's side. They're just they're just railroading all kinds of men, not just men, not just women, but gays too, uh, accusing men. Okay, so I was about take... to say just before you jump in there, I was about to say it might be a good time to get into the Q and A, but uh, then you threw in that big old monkey wrench there, Hey. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good to go to the Q and A. Yeah, I'm, I'm pro Me Too. I'm good. Go ahead, Ozian, if you have it. it... Really quick, just really push back, Hake. Um, do you think Hollywood has a, a problem with treating women as sexual objects in exchange for getting jobs? And there might have been some issues with people in power exploiting women and to have some type of movement that there was some positive benefit. I'm not going to say that all their accusations were true, but there, there was some positive movement in Hollywood that highlighted those problems? Uh, I, know, I acknowledge sure. that I acknowledge that they uh, that they exploit each other sexually for well, the the women ex use their sex to exploit the, the men to get more uh, power and position and the men exploit the women to use them for the sex. You don't think they threaten them with um, losing a gig? Oh, quite, quite possibly. And so, the, and the, so and that's a person in power, uh -huh. a person in power exploiting the other person, not hiring them based on just their qualifications, but what type of benefit they're going to get out of it because they can, because you have 10 women that are applying for some role, right? Mm -hmm. And five of them can do it successfully. One will put out, right? So anyways, that's just, so I think there's positive um, but out shame, of the on, shame on those women who go along with that. Well, not all of them go along with it either. Yeah, if it's if it's actual legitimate rape, then I get you. But if it's if they're making this corrupt deal, shame on both of them. I'm pretty sure people have lost the cases, several cases in court over it, too. So to me, that's I, I adequate that. to prove to me that's. It's suspect. And I get that there there may be many convictions, maybe even most convictions are, are real, but there are many, many, many rape convictions that are false. There was There's, sure. And same thing with 
don't know. Murder. We have yeah, false yeah, conviction yeah. rates, right? So we, we do have that and in the country. Fault. But I'm not there. The jury is, right? They hear all the evidence. The, the laws are presented to them. And they're in the the best position of any of us to determine if the person is guilty or not of that charge, whether they're wrongfully convicted, whether they're wrongfully accused or not. But so are the so are the cops when in the case of domestic so-called domestic violence, women falsely accuse men of domestic violence. If they break a nail when they're hitting the man on the man, the man gets arrested sometimes. I think it's, that's changed it's a little out of bit. control. All right. Uh, Jen, are you still there? I think she might have stepped out. So maybe I will let you guys continue on uh, while we wait for Jen to make her way back. I guess one other thing that I would um, uh, at least bring attention to is is this idea. And hey, you, you say this a lot of like uh, man being how men are supposed to be this this like ideal um, archetype of a man. And, and I, I think that in a lot of ways, many struggles that men today do deal with um is the expectation of this of like living up to this particular archetype that they might not be uh that just might not be who they are and i think the same thing goes towards women and the the archetypical woman that their society pushes them and expects them to be and i think uh, so a lot of these problems um do come down to trying to squeeze people into these boxes um that just don't reflect who they are on the inside and the boxes are designed based on their chromosomes or their genitalia and then i think this causes so many problems uh both uh for individual men and women as well as between men and women um it's yeah, I think it's a very big, big issue. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of men get these traditional ideas about what they're where they should be in life. And society is not set up right now to for men to buy homes as easily as we once were able to. Our money's not worth as much. And I get I get that there's different things like that. And then you're, you're getting into like gender norms and stuff. Ten seconds. But uh, sure. the and women do that. Women, too, struggle with a lot of guilt. I think that uh, this that's kind of self-imposed by us. I think we could we can heal ourselves if we realize that those are just accept where we are and then and then look for what's right from there. All right. Well, with that, we are going to jump into the Q&A, everybody. I uh, do appreciate you being here. Get your Super Chats in now and we will get them asked nice and early so uh once again i just want to remind everybody about our live event coming up on november 4th and 5th uh that's in dallas texas uh you won't want to miss it everybody so there are tickets in the link in the description uh along with a link to our crowdfund if you can't make it for that day but hey if you're hanging out in the live chat right now and you're thinking i don't really want to click on any links right now i'd rather just hang out here put in a super chat and uh, that also helps support the channel. And uh, we'll ask our speakers those questions. Um, and also, from what I know, because I once again want to say thank you, Ozian, for coming in last minute. Uh, I, there will be an after show hanging out over at Ozian's channel. Uh, and we'll have some stuff going on over there and uh, let you in on some interesting developments Let's just leave it there. So let's carry on uh, with and get into the uh, Super Chats, everybody. Thank you again for being here. Jalen ate for $10. Does the panel feel tampons should be free for women? Also, to the men, do you think men are open to talk about mental health issues? Can men be victims of sexual... Oh, my goodness. Okay. We're going to take this down a few. You've kind of gotten into a little bit. So I'm going to set 
one minute timers for each of these questions. Does the t- panel feel tampons should be free to women? Ozian. No, trans women don't need tampons, so I don't think it needs to be free. Okay. You shouldn't have um, extra taxes on them, though. No taxes on necessities. Mm-hmm. All right. Over to you, Hake. No, the tampons should not be free. All right. Well, tampons yeah. tampons are bad for the environment, but I could see my way to supporting a free uh, Diva Cup program. Yeah, I I guess I would... Um, I, in theory, I would support uh, something like that. Uh, but I, we also, it's like toilet paper is not free. Um, maybe it should be. Maybe we should have uh, options, you know, better uh, ways to provide these things. But uh, in general, I mean, and that's that's the system we live in. So, bidets for Candid all. water. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Water is the most important one for sure. Yeah, no, let's carry on, everybody, to the next part sorry, of that. Jalen eight. It's all good. Another one minute. Also to the men. Well, we'll get Jen in here as well because we don't exclude like that. Do you think men are open to talk about mental health issues? All right, we'll continue on in the order we went. Ozian. Uh, there might be more prevalence socially to not talk about mental health issues, especially in older generations. Um, I'm not sure if that's changing at all. Um, so there's women that don't want to talk about their mental health issues too. So I, I don't know. I think we need to work on making that um, easier for people to talk about overall, but to get professional help, not just to get online, like internet help. <laughs> Over to you, Hake. Yeah, I uh, men may be more naturally avoiding talking about so-called mental health. I, I disavow the notion of mental health. I know that the mind is the mind and brain is affected by evil spirits that possess us. But I, I would encourage men not to talk publicly and women not to talk publicly about that mess because that could be cause for your rights being taken away and all kinds of mess. Avoid that system and avoid all the, if you can, if you can, all these prescriptions that if you go off them, you go crazy and you hear voices and stuff. It's scary stuff. If you're on it, I'm not a doctor. Do what, do what you got to do. All right. Well, we'll hand it over to the other Ryan, Imposter Ryan. Uh, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think not enough men talk about mental health issues. Um, I think a lot of times that comes down to other men uh, kind of making them feel bad for it, the stigma around it. But women also do. Women also contribute to that. Uh, and I think more people in general should t- uh, feel comfortable talking about their mental health issues. All right. And Jen, your thoughts to close us out on that question? Yeah, I would agree that there's a reticence among men to talk about mental health issues. And there's also a tendency that uh, only certain mental health issues are kind of okay to talk about, which I think goes a little bit beyond men and women. So I'll just leave it at that. All righty. Well, thank you so much for uh, those first two parts of that super chat. We got you know, two th- other questions. Briefly, if I can, briefly, if I can just mention, uh, yep, sure I thing. feel like this PTSD expansion uh a lot of people are getting the ptsd and i feel like that's my suspicion my conspiracy theory is that's going to be cause for taking away the second amendment from our best our veterans our men all right well we'll try to move on from there everybody and i'm sorry if i seem like i'm pushing this uh along but we do have some time constrictions here and i want to respect that and respect your questions so can men be victims of sexual assault one minute on the timer we'll we'll 
keep going in that same order. Ozian, 15 seconds. Uh, yes, uh, they can, and they do uh, are victims of sexual assault. Um, it's unfortunate that it's not until like the last 15 years or so that rape laws included men um, prior to like, it's not even that new or <laughs> that, uh, yeah, so next. Yeah, they definitely are and have been uh, S-wordually assaulted, as I call it on my show. And, you know, boys lose their so-called virginity. I don't think boys are virgins. But to gir older girls and women, and it's uh, you'll frequently hear of teachers, female teachers sleeping with their uh, male students. And it's uh, it's a mess. Yeah, I would say definitely yes. Uh, in fact, one of the examples that I often bring up of uh, how rape culture exists in our society is how much we make light of uh, the way that men are assaulted in prison. Uh, and I also agree with James that virginity is a social construct and not real. Can men be victims of sexual assault? Yes. And there's also this taboo that men are basically expected to have sex uh, with someone if they show advances on that. I think that's a lot of pressure. I don't think that that's sexual assault. But having sex only because you feel social pressure that there's going to be negative consequences, i.e. I don't know, some sort of rumor mill. All right. A scorned woman. I mean, I think that's a bit of a bummer. So something to think about. All right. Boy. Last one. This one just for you, Hake. Hake. Thoughts on women's lib? Uh, 30 seconds. Women's lib has been counterproductive to women and men and children. It's, uh, and, and I take issue with, uh, in that vein, with Radical Coder Ryan's mention of autonomy, women's autonomy. They're not truly autonomous. They're dependent on on the government enforcing taking the men's money away and giving them affirmative action. So anyway. All righty. Uh, let's move on to our next Super Chat. And everybody keep those Super Chats coming in, and we're going to keep rolling as we are. Spoiler alert for $5. It's good and natural for women to be second-class citizens. Let's stop fighting what is good and natural. Naturalism fallacy 101, just because you perceive something to be natural, does not make it good. And anything anybody does by definition is natural. So if you say natural is good, then if women want to get a divorce, do whatever they want, it's natural. So by your own definition, that would be good. No, man, I, I differ with your notion of natural is anything that happens in nature or whatever you, whatever your definition of natural, because natural is what people naturally fall into uh, when with all things being right. Uh, human beings act in all kinds of insane ways that animals don't tend to. Animals tend to live pretty healthy lives as, as they can when they're in their environment. But human beings get into all kinds of insanity. And that's, you, you can say insanity is natural. Five seconds. But, in, but it's not. It's not. It's abnormal. It's unnatural. 
I would say what's natural is the, uh, the fact that if you have women as second class citizens, that they're going to want to not be. That's a very natural thing. We would expect that. And that makes sense. And I think so. I think it's good that we've uh, been able to uh, move towards uh, that, that like recognizing their humanity. Yeah. Then why are they more okay, miserable so I... today than ever? Hold on a second there. Uh, so okay, wait, this question bag. is uh, specifically uh, towards the women. Let's give Jen up to a minute to uh, respond to this. It is it's good and natural? Can I, can I wait, answer the, the other one. question? She didn't the last one, yeah. Oh well, it's the uh, the question that we just asked. Yeah, it's good and natural for women to be second class citizens. Let's stop fighting. What is good and natural? One minute for you there, Jen. All your okay. So I, I assume that I assume that this uh, straw man is about. I'm sort of inferring that it's about taking w women's rights away and that somehow maybe we're suggesting that we didn't really get into statecraft per se, but I would not argue. I would argue against the position that uh, it's the government's job to provide citizens with rights. I believe it's citizens duty to uphold the government. I don't really think rights come into government per se. I think it's all about duty. So I don't actually accept the framing of this question, but thank you for the opportunity to say that answer. All right, we'll move on from there. And next question coming in from LJ$99. Give scientific evidence for the globe. Flat bro, pancake. Well, I don't know uh, if uh, you were coming to a flat earth debate. Maybe you saw Ozean and... Uh, uh, you know, you've 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 got a bit of a reputation, I think, uh, with the flat earther uh, crews there. So, uh, uh, LJ coming in again, a dollar ninety nine. I want to fix something. Go for it. Well, and there was a debate with Trey and Matt where they mentioned that that was flat earther. I don't believe the Earth is flat. Just want to make that very clear. <laughs> okay. The obvious globe. Yes. I am an honorary flat Earth Society member for promoting the flat Earth, but. I am a ball tarred forever. All right. Well, let's carry on from there, fellas. Okay. LJ again for $1.99. Tarzan would never think Earth is a spinning ball. Did, did you think we were doing a flat Earth debate tonight? What were you watching, LJ? Uh, you know what? Maybe maybe put another one in there and maybe make it a little bit more relevant to the topic. Um, might depend on how much math and physics Tarzan learns. <laughs> yeah. All he would have to do is roll up a ball of dirt and have the capacity for abstract inference. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. Uh... Just watch my opening arguments in the debates we did. It's obviously a globe. Well, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure a lot of that depth perception would have to be based on like angle. And anyways, we won't get into any Tarzan theory. Jail and <laughs> eight. Let's keep these super chats rolling and everybody, and we'll keep uh, the conversation humming. What exactly is Mama Spirit and Daddy Spirit, Hake? Okay, so Mama Spirit is it's not really a, a mother as she should be. When I say Mama Spirit, I mean the enablement, for example, the homelessness situation. It is out of control because we are enabling them. We're feeding them. We, not me, but the society is feeding them and uh, protecting their so-called property rights, even though they're littering and pooping and all kinds of mess on the street. That's what I mean by mama spirit. Father's a daddy spirit. I don't say daddy spirit. I say a, a man is tougher and more solid and fair rather than catering and, and babying people. All right, 20 seconds if anybody wants to respond to that. 
think that's just a dichotomy. If you're going to say mommy spirit, they mean daddy spirit too. Right. But uh, um, I think, but most systemic homelessness, I think, is due to uh, mental illness. So, fixed, resolve those issues, you'll get rid of more systemic homelessness. It's only about 25% mental illness, but I was, re I did it. I talked about this last night. Um, it's also, I, I think 68% of cities report that uh, addiction is like the primary driver. I, okay. Um, yeah. Well, it's same thing. They, they, and they all, yeah, of course they, they I think, uh, compound. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's move into the next one here. Uh, unless you have any thoughts there, Jen, before we move on. I'm good to continue. All right. Excellent. Spoiler alert says for $2, make a coverture great again. You guys said coverture is Chanted. women being owned, women being property, the wife being property. Uh, yeah, is that what probably that is? my uh, ill-conceived argument there. It was no, never like great. It. it was a valid argument. It was I have to look up the word. <laughs> Protective well, or concealing cover, covering, right? Well, the legal the status of a married woman considered to be under her husband's protection and authority. Okay. It's just like a broad tent to refer to buying and selling women for marriage. Cringe. Okay. They'll do that some places. Yeah. Okay. Dowries. <laughs> Let's move on from there, everybody. Same cloth for $2. Hake, does your wife obey you? <laughs> uh, if I had a wife, I I don't know what she would do. <laughs> uh, what a mess. No, she, she does not wonderful. obey me because I do not have one. All right, let's carry on there. Uh, <laughs> Jalen, $2, was once told only women could be virgins. Thoughts? Facts. Objectively, I mean, physically, women can be virgin. Young women can be virgins, but men, it doesn't even make sense. I think historically the concept of virginity has uh, a massive like blood trail of uh, not, you know, pun uh, only half intended uh, of women who were uh, perceived either perceived to be or not to be virgins and uh, executed as such. And wars have been started uh, on this. And but all of this comes down to just like uh, men arguing about who who uh, had who had her first. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it, there's nothing fundamentally different about a woman before and after she has sex for the first time. Um, she's the same person. So. Well, I think it's a, just a sort of a semantic debate. I mean, if you want to say that virginity is penetration of your primary sexual organ, then men can't be virgins, I guess, by, without a lot of pain uh, by that definition. Or if it's the you haven't engaged in the act of coitus, which is, I'm afraid, that's the conventional definition, then both men and women can be virgins. I appreciate the term coitus. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, that became very popular at some point there. I think it was Big Bang that really put that right into the limelight oh All did right. i just sound like sheldon again <laughs> whoops no you're good you're good uh it's it's appreciated um so siggy sigwald says there are a lot of wrongful rape convictions citation Indeed. needed oh i should censor myself i am the worst uh citation so needed oh um, i how do you know that unless the conviction's overturned I know anecdotally that there are, um, and also there have been sketchy convictions lately that I haven't followed closely because I really it it's really between those people. I'm not really that interested. But twelve jurors, is... a judge, two lawyers, 
or more, <laughs> maybe more than two. But. Un, un, I remain unconvinced just because that crowd did it. Now, um, there has been, there was a famous one several years ago, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, of a black, like a football player whose accuser admitted that she made it up and then he got out and she did not get punished that I know of. I forget, it was a big story uh, 10 or 15 years ago or less. Yeah, I mean, it, it does, definitely happens. Uh, like, if you say a lot, it meaning like like just in raw numbers, like it, that's a, a number, like, but it, I think we would say a lot relative to rightful convictions. And I think that the prevalence is probably going to be similar to most crimes. Right. Yeah, I don't know enough about the prevalence to really comment, but if that were the case, that would certainly indicate that female preferences were more dominant at the level of law enforcement than male. And right. look at the line. They say, believe women, believe women. But you're well, not supposed to necessarily believe women. Juries should go by the evidence. So if it, I think it's a good debate to have overall. It's about the number of cases that are um, charges versus convictions versus overturning the convictions. And I think it's something like 12% of convictions end up overturned. But something like 97% of people that are charged um, are found guilty because they overcharge and they, they plea bargain and all that stuff. So there's a huge problem there. And I know it's not with this subject all right let's move on to the next super chat go ahead and make my day my question why are men overwhelmingly more likely to be friend friendless lonely and depressed Interesting. a lot of reasons um i i, I think men uh, do have difficulty expressing their emotions in in the same way or in ways that women are are they find that they can do that with, with their women friends. I think also uh, like a lot of men will uh, depend on the woman in their life um, as a, a sounding board for their emotions. So when they do feel like they can talk to someone, it's usually their girlfriend or or a friend who they're, uh, or at least a friend who is a woman. And I think that puts a, an unfair burden oftentimes on on these women um, as the the people have to deal with these guys' emotions that they they can't offload to the other men in their lives. But I wish they could offload it to them as well. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily has to be the case that men don't have friends, but there's not enough of a social level valuation of that to have people think to pursue it. So I think that's where the problem is, is just if we value it more on a social level, it, it will happen. All right. This next one. That, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, hey, we'll I let can you close out uh, on 15 seconds. Yes. Suicide. They're four times that of women overdosing two to three times more frequently than women. Autism, four times more prevalent in boys than girls, and ADHD, three times more than girls, boys than girls. And uh, I think boys and men are being turned into uh, women in their spirit, and that doesn't fit them. And so they're miser more miserable, and that's what's going on. But God gave them with female spirits? Yeah, they're more emotional, and it's not fitting for a man to be emotional. So it's just, it sinks him into more and more misery. It's a vicious You circle. can't avoid emotions 24-7. You can overcome them, though. Um, you can be stoic, but you can't overcome them. I, for know. one, enjoy it when men share their emotions. <laughs> I just want to say really quick to the suicide thing. Men do, uh, they call it successful suicide, quote-unquote. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't like that framing. Uh, men or Women definitely do engage in more suicidal behaviors, uh, like attempted suicides. Oh, yeah, they're um, visible, too. It, the, methods are, the methods are different. Um, 
uh, but I, yeah, the, the, and also the ADHD and autism thing, these things are, are I think, recognized to be massively underdiagnosed in women um, because they're, they're, it's understudied as well. Uh, so we, we might see with time that those rates change. Maybe, but the it just means that the boys are overdrugged with the Ritalin and, and crazy things like that. I get that women and girls are more likely to be on antidepressants, I guess, but the mm -hmm. boys are are they're in these schools that are catered to girls and they're told to sit still and then they're given these drugs that make them dead walking zombies. I could talk a lot about ADHD and stuff, but okay. I'm not, we're not going to go into it. Let's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's carry on to the next super chat there. And uh, yeah, sorry about that, everybody. My uh, my daughter, I, I just, I all of a sudden noticed a hand out of the corner of my eye. I was like, what is that? Uh, and I, I was like, go to bed, child. Anyways, it's very late where I am, so they should be sleeping because they got school in the morning. Next super chat, Alex Schmidt. Uh, $5. We have accepted women in more masculine roles the past couple of decades. Why do you think it's taking longer time to accept men in feminine roles? One minute, everybody around the panel. Uzian? Um, we're just defining them as masculine and feminine, and so I sort of reject that. Anyways, um, I mean, I have no problem personally. It's just culture has defined this is a male role, this is a female role, female role and they decide they're not going to value men in female roles just our culture and i think jen brought that up i think that's sort of like a that's an unavoidable consequence of society and culture is you're going to have people that are going to be on the fringes no matter what type of society you create all right over to you Hague. i yeah uh to man i'm blanking on this guy's your your name ozian's point about natural it's natural for society to accept men being men and women rising to be a little bit more logical and capable and and objective like men but it's not fitting for society knows that it's not fitting it's not natural for men to be falling into Five becoming more girly and womanly okay over to you ryan I think historically, um, the things that we view as masculine uh, were things that women were barred from uh, participating in. And then the things that were classified as feminine were therefore the things that were left over for them to participate in. Um, and, and I think that there's stigma around, uh, there's a very, very strong stigma around men uh, uh, engaging in those more feminine roles. And I think that that stigma, it, it harms men and women in lots of ways. So I think it's, I think it's bad, but yeah. All right. And Jen, close us out. 15 seconds. Uh, my, what first comes to mind is that uh, women are biologically evolved to care directly, more directly for children, which necessitates the skill of improvisation, which begets the character quality of mutability, which lends one more easily to taking on a greater variety of roles once the uh, social circumstances allow for that, whereas men tend to have more specialized knowledge, which may or may not generalize. And another possible explanation is that, uh, you know, to the extent that people are pursuing different careers because of social pressure, the men might be less influenced by social pressure. That's only a partial argument, though. Thank you. Alrighty. Well, let's nice. carry on. Uh, we just got a few more Super Chats to go. We're going to try to uh, get everybody out here at a good time. Uh, hopefully, everybody is having a good time. Make sure you hit the like button if you're hanging out in the old live chat. All right, so Siggy Sigwald strikes again for $10. Thank you so much, Siggy Sigwald. What is the reasoning behind men's superiority over women? 
Start us out there, Ozzy, in 15 seconds, if you can. I think, I think women are superior in um, endurance swimming. <laughs> okay. Hey. It depends on what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, Hake, exactly. 15 seconds. Yeah, men are meant to lead, and uh, it's it's not necessarily like a superiority thing. It's a role. Okay, over to you, Ryan. Yeah, I, I think the framing of superiority, I mean, we could talk about like raw strength. Uh, men might be superior there, but like in general, uh, superiority is going to be relative to time, place, and perspective even, so. Yeah, I specifically did not want to frame this in terms of superiority, and I don't ever think it actually ever went into that, so. All right. Well, maybe that's something that we can talk about another time or, you know, if you guys are hanging out afterwards and you want to join me and uh, Ozian over on his channel, we'll be doing an after show over there and I'll be hanging out. And uh, I think a couple other people have messaged me and they said that they might join in, too, for some fun talking about the subject that we're discussing tonight, which is uh, our men being ignored by society compared to women. So we got two more Super Chats to go. Spoiler alert for $2. VQ. Men need to know if a woman's child is there, if is theirs. Sorry. Yeah, true. Better move to France and protest then. There's paternity okay. tests, right? If you really want to know, get it, get a paternity test. There you go. I think, I think that's a lot to do with our culture too, and child support and things like that. That we've made it where we value who donated the sperm. There's no necessity to actually know to love a child all right uh last question coming in same cloth for two dollars oh i lost it just like that i clicked the button everybody you'll have to bear with me this will be my chance my one big chance to remind you all that there are tickets in the live description for our upcoming debate you know it's that funny that I did hit that button. We do also have a link to the crowdfund there as well. So if you have time to check that out, just before I get to this last super chat, as I open up our debate back up again, uh, we will give everybody up to one minute to close their thoughts on our discussion tonight. So before we get there, last question, same cloth. Did God create emotions just to overcome them? Um I'm not sure how much you think about that Ozian, but uh, 15 seconds. God doesn't exist in my worldview, so convince me otherwise. So no, I I don't. But if a God did, did create everything, then God would be ultimately responsible for everybody's emotion. Okay. Over to you, Hake. I don't know that it would be fair to say that God created emotions. Maybe, maybe he did if he created evil and uh, Lucifer and all that stuff. But uh, but he allowed he allowed for evil to exist, and evil works through people's emotions and imagination. So of course, um, we should be overcoming life in life. Uh, I don't I don't know if, if God put emotions in us, but we certainly all feel emotions. And I think what matters more in reality is is the way we act on those emotions, and also that we understand uh, each other's emotions as much as possible, and try to uh, be good to each other and recognize that. Yeah. All right. It might be a conceptual contradiction to overcome an emotion, but uh, that putting putting that to the side, uh, my worldview negates the possibility of creation ex nihilo. So everything's basically uncreated. So no, God didn't create emotions uh, or anything else. Uh. 
However, overcoming and emotions are things that happen within God. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm sorry if I lied to everybody. We have one last super chat coming in right now from Siggy Sigwald. Thank you so much, Siggy Sigwald, for all your super chats. We really appreciate it. And um, we're going to keep this to one minute strict on the panel here. Considering 51% of the world's population is female, why wouldn't we accommodate as a society for them? So I think there may be. I think they asked about the hygienic products there earlier. So kind of go from that angle, I would imagine. 15 seconds over to you, Ozian. I don't know if it's still 51% with like the Chinese policies and stuff like that. Maybe it is. Uh, but I don't think we should cater to anybody based on their genitalia. Okay. Hey, your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, the problem is catering to women, is which is what's happening. Um, so... We should not cater to anyone. I agree with Ozian. Okay, right. Uh, I'm less concerned with the the catering framing, maybe, but uh, I mean, uh, people have different needs. Men and women have different needs in different contexts, and you know, we should acknowledge that and try to uh, make make sure we have a society that helps them meet those needs. All right, close this well, out, Jen. I mean, if you're saying that because 51% is more than 50%, therefore they should have all the power, I'd say you're committing a a democratic fallacy, which is perhaps because your society valorizes uh, female preferences over male preferences. Uh, QED, thank you very much. And everyone have a good night. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll move into up to one minute closing statements for everybody here on the panel. Let's keep it going in the same order here. Uh, I want to get everybody out here at a good time. And I try to get through those as quick as possible. So I'm going to shut up. One minute, Ozian, over to you. I agree with Jen about X Nilo being impossible anyways. I appreciated the conversation sort of last minute, um, but enjoyed it talking to y'all. All right. Very cool. I thought this was an amazing panel and you guys were all really cool. Uh, Hake, up to one minute, uh, your closing thoughts. Well, uh, in the movie, the documentary, The Red Pill, uh, Karen Strawn, a men's rights activist woman, mentioned how the hashtag bring back our girls was very popular in the mainstream media, Hollywood, politicians. It was about Boko Haram kidnapping those girls in Nigeria or somewhere. I forget where. And they had ignored years, maybe, of dozens, maybe hundreds or thousands of boys and men getting slaughtered. So there is a definite over-attention on women and under-attention on men. It's quite obvious. There's an evil spirit that... Um, is in the Me Too movement that just just hates and throws into the trash Bill Cosby, for example. Men who've tried to stand and 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 encourage blacks and and other young men and women to be responsible, and these upstanding people who've who've overcome addiction, like Russell Brand, have been just smeared and trashed by the mainstream, and it's a shame. Okay, Ryan. 10 minutes. Uh, oh, sorry, one minute yeah. for your closing. Oh, 10 statement. minutes. All right, let's 10 go. minutes for you. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. You know what? Fellow Ryans just get extra. That's how the rules apply. One minute for you, my friend. 
I would say, um, again, I, like I said in my opening statement, I think for every example we could come up with of a problem that uh, disproportionately or even uniquely affects men, we could probably come up with something uh, or even something adjacent to that uh, that uh, equally affects women uh, in a different way. Uh, so I think the conversation really, really moving forward, I, I encourage people to have conversations that are more productive about solving problems for people as they manifest differently for those people, rather than um, this, again, this, this oppression Olympics, I think is really tough. Toxic. I think it's really bad for us. I think it um it makes it makes uh, it makes it makes dating harder for young men and women. Um, it makes life harder for everyone. I, I just I I think it's a really bad approach to these problems that we all have to deal with. Uh, we should have empathy for each other, regardless of our sex or gender. All right, Jen, close us out. Up to one minute. Thanks, Ryan, and thanks everyone else. Uh, it was great to hear your perspectives. I think it's really complicated and nuanced issues, so it's nice that we were able to do the conceptual exploration that we were able to. And I think I made my point in the opener and got to hear a lot of interesting pushback and support. So looking forward to seeing what the audience thought. I agree with uh, Ryan that it it is hard when you're talking about things with respect to different narratives, especially when your data could support either narrative. So with that, I would suggest a possible reframing to how religions and moral narratives affect behavior, because that might be something we could get more empirical evidence out of to verify our theses. Thank you so much for the opportunity to close out my arguments and I'll see you next time. I'm sorry if I cut you off there just at the last second there. I just uh, want to make sure we get everybody out in good time. I'm going to return good. for a couple uh, little announcements here coming up for the DebateCon 4. Uh, and then I'm going to meet you guys over uh, at the after show for uh, Ozian Talks channel. So, uh, or sorry, Ozian. Uh, so <laughs> I did it again. That's from the very first time I hosted you. See, it's still lodged way back there in my brain. All right, so uh, join us over there if you want to hear a little afterthoughts on this. Uh, we're going to get out of here, and uh, uh, we'll see you all next time. Thanks, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.